Hey, it's Josiah Novak, and welcome to the True Transformation Podcast, the top fitness podcast for men who want to get ripped, naturally boost testosterone levels, and use fitness as a tool to not only look and feel better, but improve all areas of life in the process. Welcome to the show. Buckle up. Life moves fast. Let's make it count. Welcome back to the True Transformation Podcast. It's your host, Josiah Novak. And today, I have a good friend and fellow podcaster, Larry Hagner from the Dad's Edge on the show back again. I want to say this is the third time he's been on the show, but I wanted to get him back on because Larry and I go way back. And Larry actually had a chance to come speak at my live TT Live 1.0 event back in January. And he was our featured, one of our featured speakers. And that gave us an opportunity to sit down and podcast, which we don't get those in-person podcast opportunities enough these days. So took full advantage, sat down and ended up podcasting for quite a while, mostly talking about fatherhood, business, and some of the really cool things Larry's doing with his boys, as well as some of the things he's learned since we last connected about fatherhood. Recently, Larry's had some pretty amazing guests on his show, including Matthew McConaughey, and uh, he's just killing it. So I really wanted to sit down and just cover what's been going on in his world and what you can learn as a father that Larry's uncovered over the past few years. So if you're a dad, if you are an aspiring father, and if you're just someone who wants to improve as a man, this podcast episode will hit home. Make sure you connect with Larry Hagner over at the Dad's Edge podcast. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the interview with Mr. Larry Hagner. So we're at, obviously for those who are listening to this at some point, we're in New Jersey for my first ever TT live event. And the first ever live conference I went to for like business, personal development, one of the first speakers was someone who's actually speaking at this event. His name's Tanner. Yeah. And that was the day I decided to do a podcast. So it's like all come full circle. Oh my God, man. <laughs> well, the other the crazy thing too, is that you got Frankie Edgar here and oh. I was the one that connected yes. you guys. Yeah. <laughs> I was talking to your, to Ryan about that on the way here. You're the guy who works for you. So I was just like, man, this is crazy. Like just how a lot of this has just come full circle. It's mind blowing. I just don't want to wake up because it's too much fun, man. Yeah. Um, how did we, so I think one thing as I've gotten older the past couple of years is I've, my memory has started to become this like thing where I forget everything that's important and remember everything that's not. And so one thing I think our audience would love to know is how did we connect? Cause so I totally remember that I was on social media. You dropped me like a DM and you're like, dude, I'm younger than you. And I just want to have abs like you 10 years from now. So what's your secret, man? <laughs> I was talking, I was talking to somebody else about this today. I don't remember. I, here's my, my assumption though. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it was David Rackford. You are spot on. Is that? Yeah, yeah it, it was definitely David. David was in your group or knew of you. Yeah. And he was like, hey, you know, you'd probably like Larry. He's into fitness. He's, you know, Jack, Tan, whatever. I was like, yeah. I don't know about Tan, but <laughs> I just <laughs> got in the summertime. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we all connected right around the same time that my podcast started because yeah. you were one of the earlier guests on my show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, yeah, man, things just come full circle. Like it's absolutely nuts, dude. I don't even know where does the time go? Cause that was, I think we connected back in like 2000, I want to say 14. Gosh, was it that early? Yeah. yeah it was like well, eight years ago. Wow. That's crazy. 
because my was, son had just been born in 2014. So okay. I was a young dad yeah. and just started exploring what you did. And then I joined your coaching actually back, I think, in 2015. Yeah. And then I had another son in 2016. Yeah. So, yeah, man. So, dude, what have you been up to? Like, Oh, man. I mean, it, it, a ton, actually. I've been doing a lot of what, what you've been doing. I've been, I've been actually traveling to for a podcast, you know, where you're interviewing people live. It's, it's so different. Yeah. You know, I am like, the Dad Edge is the biggest it's ever been. The podcast is just grown by leaps and bounds. Our mastermind is grown by leaps and bounds. Um, I still can't figure out Instagram for the life of me. <laughs> me neither. <laughs> I think we're just destined to not be Instagrammers. Yeah. That's I just, okay. I'm okay with that. I mean, it's just, you know, what we're doing is working. But honestly, uh, yeah. I'm really loving life right now. I, I never thought I'd say this because at the time I started Dad Edge, I think my oldest son was nine and then seven and then like three. Mm. And we weren't, we didn't even have a fourth yet. And I remember like, holy crap, like teenage years are kind of right around the corner. I'm like, that's going to like be a whole bag of tricks. Like, I don't even know if I'm, yeah. I've heard horror stories, right? Well, now I have two teenagers. Now I have Gosh. a 15 year old and a 14 year old. The 14 year old just turned 14 three weeks ago. And I love this stage. Like mm. I, I love it. Like I actually love it more than any other stage I've been in. And, and that's because like these, they're like men now they're like little men. I mean, I just took my oldest on a uh, crucible, like sort of crucible, sort of experience, rite of yeah. passage, yeah. called the Squire program that Pedro's Be- Coulion put on, and it was 15 hours, and it was it wasn't easy, and I just freaking loved it because yeah. like you really just get to experience life on a very different level, like when you have teenagers, mm-hmm. and I only know boys, but I have just so far thoroughly enjoyed the teenage and and dude, like yeah. our house. The last thing I'll say about it too is like our house. Um, my wife and I have, have made it a point for years now that our house is the house, like that the kids come gather, right? Oh, yeah. So, like, we picked out our house just for that purpose. The lot it's on, we actually just completely did this huge backyard project. It's like a huge gathering space with a huge fire pit. We can actually awesome. put, like, a blow-up screen back there. They can watch movies. We can play music. And, and the, I mean, there there isn't a weekend that our house isn't full of kids. Oh, it's epic. Yeah. Oh, man. I mean, it's you're, a little you're crazy. my hero, dude. I mean, you got four. <laughs> I have two. Yeah. So I think when we met, your oldest were right around probably the ages of mine. Yeah, probably. Right now. Yep. And it's funny because I love to hear you say that it's the best phase that you're in now because I feel like what I'm in right now is the best. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, if it gets better from here, life is going to be insane. I mean, because it's like, I think the craziest thing, and I'd love to hear some of the intuition you've picked up on recently too about your boys, but... It's like you see yourself so much more every day in them. Oh, right? yeah. Like their interests. And then the crazy thing is when, like, my mom comes around, she interacts with them, and she's like, these are your kids because they do everything you did. Yeah. And it's like, how, like, how is that even possible? Like, because I think I'm doing a terrible job half the time. But it, it's just mind-blowing to watch them basically evolve into versions of you, right, like parts of you. And you just sit back and go like, I don't know what I'm doing, but this is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> like, Welcome to fatherhood. Yeah, right? like, seriously. It's just incredible, man. But like every couple of years I look back and go, wow, I've, I'm really enjoying this phase. Even though sometimes when you're in the phase, you feel like, ah, this is rough. But then like you look back and go, man, that was actually a lot of fun. Yeah. You know? It's crazy, man. Well, I, I think what you're talking about too is well, number one, if you have that intuition that you're being a bad father, you probably are. So no. 
<laughs> That's your conscience. Right. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Uh, if The funny thing about that intuition, one thing I've noticed is that you care about it, right? Mm-hmm. But you, on the flip side, man, um, I'll show you this real quick because it's just freaking hilarious. And, and just so your, your audience kind of knows exactly kind of what we're looking at. I kid you not. I, I can't make this up. I literally came in to say goodnight. And your oldest is how old? Uh, he'll be eight this year. Okay. So yeah. my eight-year-old. I came in to say goodnight to him. Swear to God, this is what I walked in on. <laughs> For those of you guys in the audience can't see this, my son was in a hoodie with a full-blown-out Spider-Man mask on with Spider-Man gloves reading a Marvel comic. And I'm just like, I freaking died. Dude. I was like, oh, my God. I was like, what are you doing? He's like, what are you talking about? I'm, I'm not your son. I'm Spider-Man. <laughs> That's what he said. And I'm like, this is freaking classic. I mean, last week I walk into my bathroom. Mm. True story. Put it on Instagram. There's a half-eaten peanut butter and jelly sandwich on the sink. I'm like, wow, that's that's all right. I, it was a week earlier. I walk into the other bathroom, and there is a diaper because my five-year-old's not necessarily potty trained at night. He, oh, he yeah. wets the bed, so he'll wear like a like a pull-up or whatever. And his freaking pull-up, pissed-on pull-up, was right there on the sink. It was almost like, yeah, I'm going to use the bathroom right there, and I'm just going to leave it for somebody else to pick that up. Somebody else will get this. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? When I'm 90 and I'm wearing diapers, I'm going to leave that on your yeah. sink. <laughs> But no, that's a long way to say that you, you got to find like, man, your humor in it, right? Mm-hmm. Otherwise, like this, the crap that happens, it's going to drive you crazy. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it's funny you bring up the Spider-Man because I, I took my, my boys. We have these daddy nights that yeah. we do and uh, they're the best, but we went to see the new Spider-Man. And, you know, they hadn't really been in a long movie like that with me in the theater, you know, ever. Like, we've gone and seen children movies, you know, like the hour-long cartoons and right. stuff. But this was a full-blown, like, this is a cinematic experience, right? Two-and-a-half-hour Spider-Man movie. I kid you not, they didn't freaking move. Yeah. They just stared and, like, were so into it. And they've been on a Spider-Man kick ever since. And I guess for me, the, the most recent thing that's blown my mind is how they can get sucked into things, right? Mm-hmm. Like social media not that i have them on social media but just they'll see something on you know youtube or they'll see something on my phone or something and all of a sudden they're so interested in that thing and it becomes an obsession yeah right and in some ways it's great like they've become obsessed with sports and obsessed with drawing and all these things but then sometimes they they find little things that i'm like oh their innocence starts to get disrupted yeah. a little bit right right like I think the, yesterday <laughs> I got a text from my wife and she was like, yeah, Jackson watched uh, this LeBron James documentary and now he wants to have a, a Lamborghini. And I'm like, oh, all right. <laughs> <okay."> yeah. <laughs> like, so he goes through all his toys and picks out all his little cars and he's like, you know, these are all my cars. Don't give these away. These are my car. And like, it just starts to, you start to go, wow, they, they're like, they're little adults. Like, you know, it, they start to pick up on things and they, their brains get fixated on these things. And it just, it stresses you out sometimes. I'm not going to lie. Like it stresses me out, but it's just crazy to witness, man. Yeah. That my, all my boys have gone through that stage where they're, they're just like, they jump in the water, right? Both feet. It doesn't matter what it is at the same time. Like it's here today sometimes and then gone tomorrow. Totally. Right. I mean, yep. Hey, if he's got his eyes set on a Lamborghini, like, I mean, that's like, a, all right, cool, man. Yeah. Sure. Like a, I'll, I'll teach you how to hustle. I'll teach you how to work. <laughs> yeah. Like it's possible. Definitely. Right? Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it's exciting because you're like, Oh, because cause I'll be honest. Sometimes you're like, 
what should I be teaching yeah. my boys right now, right? Should I be teaching them how to save money or make money or like they're little. So I'm like, is it too early to like whatever? But then it's like an opportunity like that comes up and you're like, mm-hmm. okay, this is the perfect opportunity to actually teach them. How does LeBron have whatever he has, you know, everything basically Lamborghinis, whatever. So like, how does that work? And use that as an opportunity to teach them because it is hard sometimes to think about what the heck should I be even teaching them? Right. Right. You know? right. Yeah. It's crazy. It is. I mean, and the thing about it is like, I, I honestly think it's never too soon to start that stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, so for instance, I remember my older ones, like they, I was like, well, what age is the right age? And what, you know, like you talk about the money thing, right? The money thing, man, you can start that at like six. I, I've mm-hmm. had a few financial experts come on the show they're like six like start giving them an allowance and then start bringing them to the store and then start talking to them about like how much something is so they kind of know you know get them to kind of work for some things here and they're like hey i really okay well if you want that hey this is what it's going to take to get that sure you know these are the chores you're going to have to do like and i'll help you do it and uh and then i'll take you to the store and you can pay for it i mean there's something so empowering like my um my eight-year-old actually saved up for a video game it was actually Mm -hmm. a spider-man video you might as well just call this podcast yeah, Spider-Man themed. I don't know what. <laughs> that's going to be, that's the clickbait, Spider-Man. Right, Spider-Man. <laughs> but he, he was just all hung up on this Spider-Man game for his, for our PS4. And I was like, and we're, we're not really so much like the video game thing. We'll let yeah. them like do that. Right. In like short amounts of time, but we just definitely don't let, let and the funny thing is, is my oldest two boys, they don't want nothing to do with video games oh, and right. all their friends are into it. They're like, yeah, I'd rather be doing something else. But anyway, he was like, I really want this game. I was like, dude, that's 50 bucks. He's like, well, great. When Can you take me to Target? And I'm like, how about you work for it? And he's sure. like, well, and here's the funny thing. You would think, like, the kids would be like, oh, I have to work for it. Mm. And he was like, what, what, what do I get to do? Right. And I'm like, well, I was like, the floor needs to be swept. I was like, listen, let's create a plan, like two-week plan, one-week plan, whatever it is. I'm going to give you chores to do. I'm gonna, we'll map out exactly how much each one I'll pay you for. And he, like, literally, if I could hire people like him at this point, because every day the boy came up from school, he's like, what do I get to do today? Yeah. And, like, literally, like, you know, he's like, okay, I got done with this. Now what? And I'm just like, holy cow. Like this. And what I thought would take two weeks took five days. Wow. He just saved and saved. And he could not have felt more empowered to show up to Target take out his wallet count his money hand it over and the and the woman behind the behind the check thing was like is he paying for this himself or is that your money i was like no he earned it and she's like that's awesome she's like i i wish i wish i would have learned about money earlier on so Mm -hmm. like you know like that one was more of an empowering one but even you know even more to that story so my 15 and 14 year old they have custodial accounts they have investment accounts so they get an allowance but part of the agreement of the allowance is that they have to save 30% of it or they don't get it. Mm. So like, and that goes into a fund. And then the other thing too, is I kind of treat it like a 401k. I'm like, look, I will match your 30% dollar for dollar. And then anything after that, I'll match dollar for dollar. So if you save more aggressive, guess what? You're going to make more. Uh, And now like quarterly, like when I meet with my finance guy, they come with me and they look at their own accounts. They get advice. They ask questions. I thought it was fascinating. My 14 year old, he was 13 at the time. He was like, what does an interest rate mean? Mm. And he explained it. He's like, what does compound interest mean? How does that work? Explained it to him. He's like, well, if I want to buy a house and my dad talks about a mortgage, how does that work? And like they're learning all this stuff now, which is cool. I think, yeah, I mean, probably the biggest mistake 
I feel like I've made and have learned from quickly is just being almost afraid to teach them too much. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I don't want to overwhelm them. They're poor little brains, right? You know? Right, right. <laughs> Meanwhile, they're doing calculus, you know, like six. <laughs> no more than me about sports. But I get worried that I'm going to overwhelm them or come across like I'm, you know, not the fun dad, right? Yeah. Like, but the crazy thing is, like, they feel more connected to you when you just share what you're doing. Yeah. You know, like, hey, like, my son asked me about the podcast or asked me about my business, my youngest one. And I just said, you know, this is what daddy does. And I mapped it out for him. He was like, oh, okay, that's yeah. cool. Yeah. Like, like, didn't get confused. Right. He just was like, oh, like, that's interesting. You yeah. know, like, they, they are, they're sponges. Yep. You know, and I think when we were kids you know I, I can't speak for you but i know for me it was almost like there was adult stuff that you never knew anything about it was like you know wizard of oz behind the freaking curtain or something right right good analogy yeah hey that's what i'm here for i <laughs> <laughs> think i got here by accident no um so <laughs> so then there was like the kid stuff and it was like half the kid stuff i couldn't even have anyway because my parents didn't have the money for the video games and the tv and all that right so i kind of felt like what, what is there? Like, what, what do I do? You know, and you fill that time with something. Yeah. You know, and for me, it was sports, but I think about my kids and I'm like, well, I want them to just have access to all the things that they're going to need to know and start to really grasp it as early as possible. And, you know, to your point, maybe it's just a matter of just, like you said, you bring them to these meetings and they're, they're just at worst, they're just listening. Yeah. You know, and they're seeing, well, this is what dad does. Okay. It makes sense. Like, that's that's tremendous, man. Yeah, I was going to ask you in a, in a little segue into what you're doing. I don't know if it's with your oldest or not. It might probably was your oldest, but are you doing a bodybuilding show with your oldest? It's actually my second oldest, my 14 year old. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And here's the funny thing. So I, I I used to compete like yeah a while ago. Last show I did was 2011. I think you so. gave like Jay Cutler a run for his money. I I totally point. did. Yeah, Ar Arnold 2.0 right. is what they called you. I mean, my arm is like as big as his big toe, but other than that, like it was a good competition. Let me tell you, <laughs> you have great quads. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man. So like my 14 year old, he's like a big fitness kid. Mm. He plays football. He's strong. He's 135 pounds and he's strong oh, as wow. a freaking ox. How old is he? 14? He's four, he just turned 14 a couple okay. weeks ago. Okay. And he's been playing football and like so like for instance, he's been playing football for five years. This past year, he was on the offensive line and wow. he was he was the lightest one by 50 pounds. Like, say, like yeah. literally he is a tiny dude. Like, and the kids he was going up against, like we'd go to games and these kids were 220 plus, right? Yeah. 13 and 14 year olds. And I'm like, Oh my God, like there's no way my son's gonna be able to like, you know, push this guy, you know, bl block enough to protect his yeah. QB. And this kid would, I don't know what, I mean, I see what Mason eats, but he plows right through people. Just genetically, he's already got a good foundation. I think a lot of yeah. it also had to do with he did years of wrestling too. Mm. But yeah, so back in June of last year, we went on a family vacation and he was like, you know, you could tell like his arms, he's got veins and everything. He's very Jacked. defined. And uh, he's like, he's like, I want to, I want to do something. Like, I want to do something that kind of scares me. And I'm like, like what? And he's like, you know, just something that's not around football time. Like, I just want to do something like kind of fitness. I was like, like what? Like a Tough Mudder, like a Spartan race. We've done those too. Yeah. He's like, no. He's like, I want to do what you did. I want, I want to do a bodybuilding show. I was like, 
I was like, bro, I was like, I, I don't think they have one with your age. And I was like, I, I, I don't think you can compete unless you're 18. Yeah. And so I, he's like, well, Google it. He's, he's very like, he'll challenge me. He's like, Google it. I'm like, all right. So I just literally, I, I was like, you know, bodybuilding shows, Missouri age, age range. Sure enough, there's three of them. And I'm like, dude, there's one next April. I was like 13 to 19. That's, that's a class. I was like, you could be 13 and do this. That's he's awesome. like, I think I want to do that. And I literally kind of blew it off. I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. You know, so New Year's Eve where it's that's his birthday like his mm. birthday is new year's day we're talking and the whole family's talking we we have this huge tradition where we watch the big apple drop and or in this case it wasn't that it was in like tennessee this year yeah, yeah. but we always light a candle on his birthday cake he blows it out because it's literally midnight is his birthday sure and we start talking as a family like what are we going to do big this year like what are we going to do that's going to get us outside our comfort zone and mason looked at me he's like i want to do that bodybuilding show and i was like wow really i was like oh, okay he's like and you're gonna do it with me and i'm like <laughs> I am. And he's like, yep. And we're going to train like, together. I am putting the cake down. <laughs> right. Uh, let me put my beer down. I just, just literally gorged myself with freaking dessert and all kinds of chips. And I was like, okay. I was like, I can do that. I was like, uh, in fact, I would love to do that. And, yeah. and for me, like I've committed to it and, um, I've already started, I've been dieting now for three weeks and we've been training That's and, amazing. I've already hired a posing coach, you know, to help me. Because, so I mean, yeah, yeah. You, you, you know, we're going to start doing posing practice and next month and the month after that. And, um, yeah, we signed up. That's and crazy, man. It is. And the, the crazy thing is this, too. Like, I have a lot more work to do than he does. Mm. He's already at 7.5% body fat. Oh, he's shredded. He's shredded. He's got <laughs> muscle to him. I was like, you are going to freaking clean house on this show i think in your age but anyway like yeah we're we're doing it we're as we're recording this podcast we are 14 13 and a half weeks out wow yeah because so has he always been someone who gravitated towards physical challenges like that very much so he did we i mean he was a wrestler at seven okay i still to this day will never forget showing up to his first wrestling meet and at the time i'd only seen him in practice and he was like an average wrestler and i don't know what it was it was kind of like that part in cinderella man where like russell crowe gets in the ring and he kind of gets refreshed of like oh this is what it feels like again you know it was the first time he's back in the ring in years yeah and it was almost like and my son just like wiped the floor with this kid and mm. then he almost went nearly undefeated and got second in state that year oh my goodness and ever since then like he's been so physical and even at that age at seven i'll never i have photos of him I'm, he got he's put on so much muscle and got so lean just in that wrestling season alone i was like dude you're jacked for like oh yeah seven wrestling. eight years old and there's one photo i have him he's dressed up in a ninja uniform and he's posing like this and he's got veins and i'm like who who are you <laughs> but yeah he's always been like that you got your genetics obviously yeah uh, no i was the fat kid right if you do, if you don't remember <laughs> i was the fat kid your undercover genetics right so that's in, was your wife cool with him wrestling oh yeah oh yeah, really yeah, she yeah. was totally into it totally yeah yeah because i think one thing uh that we've we've you know we have having two boys you know they're very physical my oldest is very physical and i coming from i, I wrestled myself in high school and i see talent there right mm -hmm. like this kid could 
do really well at worst, right? Like, he could do great. But <laughs> convincing his mom that it's okay for him to go out there and, like, battle, right, kids one-on-one. Yeah. -on -one. I think it's a hard thing sometimes. Even me, I do get a little bit like, uh-oh. Like, <laughs> I'm going to go out there and get pile-drived, right? Because they go play soccer and football, and they, they're great. Like, they, they kill it. They're awesome. They have fun. But wrestling, I want them to do it. Just getting over that hump of, like, all right, we're not going to be afraid. Just go let him do it if he wants to do it. Because he asks all the time, can yeah. I wrestle? Can I? He's coming up to me, Frankie Edgar, this weekend because he's That's obsessed awesome. with Frankie Edgar. Yeah. He's like, you know, I want to be like a UFC fighter. I'm like, eh, maybe you could like run a business that helps UFC fighters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you could be the next Dana White. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But, yeah, I was just curious. Like, how did that – I mean, it was just a natural pull for him. And you were like, yeah, let's just do it, man. Who cares? Like, or was it like, I guess, I don't know, like kind of being worried about it. You know what I mean? Are you talking about wrestling? Yeah. Yeah, wrestling. Yeah, yeah, no. So, like, uh, you know, I wrestle too. If, if you really look at the statistics, mm -hmm. the injury rate in wrestling is insanely low. Yeah. Like, you'll have you'll get more injuries in soccer and football, like with concussions and broken bones and yep. broken ankles, than you will in wrestling. Because wrestling is, even though it looks like it's more brutal, it's actually a more controlled yeah. sport because they have more uh, physical literacy. This guy puts me in this move. I know how to get out of it. If I put this guy in this move, I know where to torque his body without hurting him. Yeah. Usually, I mean, like jujitsu, you could break bones and stuff like that people's stuff right. right off wrestling not so much but the cool thing about it, here's the interesting thing about wrestling especially for the kids one one of the things we noticed um, the kids and the parents so when your kid is out there on the football field like they're one of 11 right yeah and they kind of like blend in with the team you know if they screw up it's not a big deal if they do something big you know sometimes you see it sometimes you don't mm. um, your kid gets tackled you're like oh that kind of sucks but you kind of expected there's something I mean, listen, you walk into a wrestling tournament, which we, they had them every weekend during wrestling season. It is like a Vegas casino with the parents mm. screaming, the whistles from the referees, the yelling from the coaches. Everybody's trying to yell over it. And all the while you're seeing this kid, you know, your kid could potentially just get overpowered by this other kid and sure. pinned to the floor. And your kid is just in this vulnerable position. There's nowhere to hide, you know, and they're either going to win or they're going to lose. And they're going to do it right in front of you and everybody else. And for a kid, that is an emotional roller coaster. Like mm. the emotional side of it is very tough. Like there were tears, like my oldest and my and Mason, who is the one doing the show with me every weekend. It was always Mason did very well. Ethan always had struggles with it. But the cool thing about that was it, there, there were tears every weekend, right? Mm. Between the kids and my wife and I always, <laughs> we always joked because our tradition was, uh, after every wrestling tournament, uh, win, lose, whatever, we'd go celebrate at Buffalo Wild Wings as a family. Mm. And me and Jessica would have at least two beers to calm <laughs> ourselves down because you're like, when you see your kid out there and they're just either getting manhandled or they're yeah. doing really, really well, it is like, woo, woo, woo. <sighs> like it's so different than yeah. any other sport for some reason. I heard this piece of advice and I wanted to ask you about it. So I want to, my kids have been on team sports thus far, right? And they've done quite well. They've been the two best players on their teams, not to, I'll brag because I like bragging about my kids, but they've been great with soccer and football, excelling actually. But I've heard that it's important to have an individual sport too. Yeah. Because it puts you as the person, the man in the arena. There's nowhere to hide. 
on a team, you know, you might lose and you're like, yeah, so-and-so, you know, they sucked today. That's why we lost. It wasn't me, right? Right. But it's individual sport combined with the teamwork that you learn on a team sport is vital for right. development. Yeah. I, I, do you, would you agree? I would totally agree. And then the other thing, too, is um, so Jake Herbert, he's actually the one who introduced me to Frankie. Mm. Uh, he was he's like an American Olympian wrestler, like legend, right? He's yeah. like, if you think of football, you think of Tom Brady. If you think of Olympic wrestling, a lot of people think of Jake. Mm. And uh, funny thing is, is Jake actually works for me now. He's one of my coaches. No way. Um, but he and he's retired from wrestling, obviously. But uh, but anyway, Jake had this term because he's obviously an incredibly skilled wrestler, uh, made it to the Olympics in 2012. I think he got the silver medal. Unfortunately, he was the guy who they identified as getting the gold in 2016. And then there was a huge upset. Mm. The very last match, uh, you know, either guy was going to make it to the Olympics and he lost okay. shockingly. Yeah. And he lost by just like one or two points. It was brutal for him. Mm. So then he retired after that, but he came up with this term physical literacy and he had been wrestling since he was a kid. And he was just like, man, the gift of physical literacy that you learn from wrestling, like it's amazing, right? Because you get to, you really get to know your body, especially when someone else is trying to manipulate it. Like if you're a runner, then you know how to run. If you football, there's some other physical literacy there. But when someone is like trying to hold you down, manhandle you, all yeah. these things, your emotions run high. And you also learn from an, from like a mental and emotional standpoint, how to stay calm in chaos. You learn very quickly, like as a young kid, if I panic, I can't think straight. He's like, and if you think about that, that one lesson alone, how many adults, like when, you know, crap hits the fan, they panic, right? Yeah. And then they can't think logically. It's called like getting in the red, right? Yeah. But wrestling kind of gives you this really nice uh, lesson on how to stay calm despite the chaos that's going on, which mm. is pretty damn cool. And the physical aspects too. Yeah. I mean, the physical aspects are huge, of course, but I never really thought about that calm under chaos. Yeah. I experienced that recently uh, getting into jujitsu. My brother, who's actually here at this event, you'll meet him. He's super into jujitsu, like, you know, competing and all this kind of stuff. He's super into it. But I got into it and I'd wrestled in high school. It's a different game, right? Because yeah. in high school, you know, wrestling, you're just trying to pin someone or gain points or take them down. Jiu-Jitsu, you're trying to like literally just, just choke them out <laughs> or break a limb. Right. And so, you know, you're going up against guys who are like physically, you know, if you stood side by side, I might be impressive compared to this guy. But when I get on the mat, it's a different game. Totally. Like yeah. this guy, I'll never forget the first guys I ever rolled with, as they call it. Uh, he rolled into practice smoking a cigarette <laughs> and he goes hey you want to roll and i'm like yeah hey, this would be easy yeah, yeah break myself in a little bit oh as we're mid-rolling i'm literally grasping for every last ounce of breath he's like oh yeah i'm a black belt <laughs> and i'm like oh, yeah <laughs> yeah that's why my body's broken in half yeah so it, it's humbling man that's another thing too is like sometimes in team sports if you're this young age i feel like if you're just gifted with speed like my both my boys are gifted with speed they're just fast and they're athletic, right? They can move side to side or whatever. Sometimes it doesn't allow them to discover their weakness. Like if you're in an individual fight or a controlled fight, which is wrestling, you start to uncover like, oh, okay, I'm mentally not where I need to be. Right. You know, and I want my kids to experience that early on, just get it out of their system. Right. So I've been, I've been pushing for wrestling. So now I'm, I'm going to have her listen to this podcast and <laughs> oh, <laughs> we should be good to go. Dude, it's such a good sport. <laughs> it teaches them like my, my oldest, the funny thing is, so Mason always did really, really well. Mm -hmm. Um, 
for the first three years he wrestled and then Ethan my oldest you know he struggled with it, it wasn't his thing he's he, he has other gifts and talents sure you know, he, he runs cross-country um, oh, awesome. he does he does track he's the 100 meter sprinter and then he he plays in the the high school jazz band he plays in the marching band oh man he's gifted yeah well he, he can play guitar saxophone trombone um, he plays bass guitar like and he picks it up like this Dude, that's incredible it, but he jokes all the time he's like he's like my experience with wrestling it gave me ptsd and i'm like <laughs> i was like you don't even know what ptsd is yeah. and he's like no no seriously it was so, such horrible memories like i yeah. lost every weekend now, mason always came home with first place medal i always came home with nothing it was horrible i always uh. got pinned every time and i was like not really i was like listen i was like mm. there's a difference and i'm i'm gonna I'm going to kind of out my kid's personality here. And I, I, I only want to share it because of a good example, right? Sure. So Mason, my 14 year old, obviously very skilled wrestler and freaking competitive and relentless and stubborn. And he, he will die before he lets you win. Right. Mm. And there were times he lost. And when he lost, he crumbled. Like he crumbled, Can like he it. was so pissed, you know, like at himself and, and like, almost like there were a few times, like he was like kind of almost inconsolable. Mm. Ethan was too. Yeah. Like when he was younger, he would he'd get upset. He'd cry. But as he was crying, he had this thing about him. He was just like, I, I just need to get faster on my takedowns this week. I'm going to work harder on my takedowns. And like, I was just like, dang. And I was like, and then he'd be like, you know what? I, I did the best I could though. I did the best I could. And these are the things I'm going to go improve upon this week. So even as he was upset, he learned this relentless, no quit attitude. That's incredible. And even at the squire, like the, the I mean, there was a Navy seal who was one of the instructors, a green beret, um, an ex special force Marine and a former SWAT instructor. And all three of those guys came up to him and, and they were like, Dude, your work ethic and mental fortitude is mm. is on point for your age. Like, because wow. he was just like working, never giving up. And he always jokes about like how his bad memories. I was like, you might have had some losses. I was like, but I think what you really learned though was like work ethic. And I think what you really learned was like how to ne <laughs> never give up. Like, yeah. you, don't be so hard on yourself. I was like, and I think a lot of those lessons came from wrestling. Mm. He's like. Yeah, I guess. Like, he just doesn't. <laughs> but it did. I, yeah. I swear it really did. You know, oh, for sure. I mean, plus he's got, sounds like at least, some incredible talents that I know, like, guys like me who never learned how to play instruments or yeah. have any, I don't, even, I don't know anything about anything related to music. Come on, man. You could play the triangle like nobody's business. I mean, <laughs> cow, cowbell. That's a fact. <laughs> play the, the tabletop drums. But, yeah, I mean, he... Sounds like he's got, you know, amazing talent in certain areas. And honestly, like I told guys who are getting into fitness is like, you know, if you're good at something in your life, it's just a skill set of traits. Right. So you can apply that to whatever you want. You know, if you're like, yeah, I'm out of shape, but man, I'm, I'm a billionaire, but like, I'm out of shape. I'm like, you got all the skills in the world, dude. Like, right. what did it take to become successful in your finances? Oh, it took work ethic and discipline. I'm like, so you got those things. You got them. Just got to apply it to that. Right. So he might be like, yeah, wrestling this, but you might be a freaking killer guitar player and yeah. do something crazy with that or whatever you want to do, right? Cross country, I mean, they do say that people who run track end up being some of the best athletes because they can, they can run. Yeah. <laughs> you actually learn how to run, which is hard for a lot of people. But So I'm curious, man. Um, I want to know what you're up to now with the dad's edge. Cause I think last time we talked, 
It was right. It was actually right before everything shut down. February think, 2020. You were there in February I 2020. Hope. That's yep. right. Yep. It was literally right before that. I think we even we were, we were discussing like, man, I don't know what's going to happen this year. It's election year. Crazy stuff. <laughs> Boy, <laughs> were we. We had no clue. Little surprise, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, there might be some drama. No, it was a little bit more than drama. Yeah. So what, what's been going on with that? How how did business go once everything went crazy? And how's it been since, man? You know, it's funny. When COVID hit. I was like, wow, this is going to be a test of the organization, right? Definitely. As far as like Data Alliance, like our mastermind. I, and I wonder, like, a lot of my guys listen to the podcast on their commutes. So I'm like, oh, that's going to go down the drain, right? <laughs> and what I found was is that we have, in, in two years, we've doubled in size. Amazing. Man. Yeah, it's it's been a great thing. And, and I think that really speaks to how much like right now the world is isolated now more than it's ever been totally you know in in probably 100 years and we're really feeling the effects of that and i gotta tell you man i i thank god for i technology i mean if you think about it like zoom hasn't been around that long yeah you know it's been around for what six years five seven years maybe maybe and then i'm sitting here thinking like what if this was 2010 like when people were maybe using skype right you couldn't forums or something right and you couldn't even do like a group call yeah well now you know for men to go and find community they can literally be in the comfort of their own home they could be in the gym they can be anywhere and i was like this is gonna be a real test and then i i thought podcasts would go down because a lot of guys listen to it on the go podcast went up so that that really told me like men really wanted a band of brothers they and they really wanted content and i think a lot of that had to do with the fact that the past two years man it it has really tested our mental and emotional fortitude yeah and on top of that we're looking at a world right now where we're more isolated now more than ever and we're actually more triggered yes. than we've ever been. Hey, like I'll this, raise my hand to that one. I'm right. very triggered sometimes. Like, listen, I'll share this real quick. My wife is super tight with her family. Like, mm. super, super tight. We live in Missouri, which is... I'm not a fan. Mm. I, I would live anywhere. <laughs> I'm, I grew up there, but I'm always like, hey, whenever you want to leave, I'm yeah. good. Like, like let's let's go. Florida, some, Texas, I don't know. Florida, Texas, warm weather. Colorado. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I Utah. just want some place where it's beautiful. Like, yeah. I, I love outdoors. I love mm. being outdoors. Missouri, like, anytime I meet somebody from Colorado, like, my joke is literally this. I'm like, oh, I was like, yeah, I'm from Missouri. I was like, it's just like Colorado, minus the beauty, minus the hikes, minus the trees and the mountains and the weather. It's all the same. Like, it's it is nothing. We've got, I mean, like, but anyway. I've been to Missouri, yeah. Yeah, it is not. But anyway, like, my wife and I were talking last night. We we fortunately, like, we live in our dream home. Mm-hmm. And when I say dream home, it's not like... It's 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 a MTV it, cribs basically right, right, yeah. right totally it's it is your <laughs> typical my crib <laughs> it's it's a five bedroom ranch you know but it overlooks our subdivision pond mm. and water and fountains and that kind of thing we got this really like I said this really nice patio it's like literally it's simple yet it's everything we've always wanted mm. and my wife who very much values her environment and her home she's always like oh my god I love my home right and she told me like literally last night on a date night. She's like, I, I've really been thinking about moving. And I'm like, what? I was like, wow. I've known her for 25 years. And I'm like, you've always told me that we would never move unless your family came with us. Mm. And she's like, yeah. She goes, the whole COVID thing and the whole the political arena, it is like 
put such a divide, even in my own family, even in my own friends. She's mm -hmm. like, and I'm not getting any younger. And there's a part of me that like, yeah, I just want to go. I want to live someplace beautiful, like, because I'm here for relationships. And unfortunately my relationships are strained. Mm -hmm. So that's a long way to say that people are more triggered now. People, yeah. people are divided now. Friendships are ending. Relatives are not speaking to each other because of witness. Man. Yeah, it is. And it's all because of who you voted for and whether or not you got this jab or whether or not you have a mask. I'm like, are you it's kidding insane me? insane to me. It is. And so like men are feeling that mm. and they're just like for the love. Of, and, and here's the thing about data Alliance. Do not post who you voted for. Yeah. We don't, you don't mess with that stuff. No, don't, yeah. don't post if you got the jab or not. Don't post like nothing political. I always tell guys, I was like, this is the one place, the one place that you can get away from that. Yeah. Like, because we don't talk about it. Mm. Like, if you got your opinion, great. Keep it to yourself. Or you just got talk to Josiah. No. <laughs> <laughs> he'll, be, he'll talk right. to you all day about it. No, 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 dude. You hit the nail on the head, man. Not to cut you off, but just, just a quick thought is that our business experienced a similar type of trajectory when things hit. And I was in panic mode. I mean, I was like, oh, my gosh, gyms are shut down. Yeah, yeah. DoorDash is the only thing open. <laughs> Like, that's going to be tough for my clients, right, right? right? People are getting, you know, sent home from their jobs. Like, kids are out of school. All the excuses. Like, I'm starting to make excuses for my clients, right? Right, right. What was insane to me was in March of 2020, we had so many people knocking on our door for help. We couldn't handle it. Yeah. I was like, what is going on? Like, because... They were looking for an anchor, dude. Yep. In a in a chaotic sea of mess. And honestly, it's only gotten better since. Despite, it's almost like it's correlated. <laughs> the worse the world gets, the more our business gets better. Right. Because they're looking for something. They're to just, looking. They're looking for a lifeboat, dude. They are. I mean, if you think about it, I was talking about this yesterday on another podcast. I was like, all you have to do is swipe right on this phone, mm -hmm. and you're triggered. You're stressed, and and you just you're like, God bless. I just want something positive in my life. Like you said, that anchor, I just want that positive anchor in my life. Where is it? What can I go grasp onto? That's going to bring me some joy despite all the craziness that I'm exposed to that I see. And for you, like, right. These people are like, man, you know what? Maybe I'm shut down. Maybe I'm stressed out. But you know what? The one thing that might bring me some joy is if I get in some great shape, despite yeah. everything going on. Right. Absolutely. It's going to help me here. It's going to help me here. Yeah, they're like, well, now I can finally use that home gym equipment that's been right. sitting in my garage. I mean, normally I just use it to dry my clothes on. So, <laughs> guess I'll dust this thing off. Yeah, no, that's seriously what happened though. They were like, well, now I'm working from home, or maybe I'm, you know, furloughed for a bit, or whatever it is. I got nothing else to do but get in shape. Yep. You know, and almost not to use this analogy because you know, it wasn't being in prison. Let's be honest, but people kind of had that mentality that I've I've talked to guys who did time, and they're like, listen. Some guys come in to a tough spot, like being in prison, and they go, I'm just going to eat whatever I want, try not to get killed, <laughs> and do my time, you know, just kind of hang out, get fat, whatever. And some guys come in and go, I'm going to walk out of here in the best shape of my life, mentally and physically, because yep. I got nothing but time, baby, yeah. right? And that's what I saw from a lot of people. It was like... I was panicked. Meanwhile, everyone else is like, hey, I need help. You know, where do I sign up? I got, you know, six months of working from home at least. So let's get yeah. after it. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, man. It was the I, you know, got to be careful what I say, because I know for some people, 2020 and even 2021 was a nightmare uh, and continues to be a nightmare for a lot of people. But it was a blessing. Like it was the yeah. best thing that's ever happened to me and my family, because it's just in a world that is chaotic. We have so much calm. Right. It's like. It's just wild, man. It's crazy. It is, which is 
a really, really good thing. And it, it, I think it's also important, like for you, right? Mm. Uh, you take your brand and what you're doing to be that, listen, your clients, they need that beacon of light. Mm. They need that lighthouse, right? They, they need that person to be like, when I wake up in the morning, I want to look forward to reporting to Josiah yep. what I stepped on the scale and weighed today, yep. right? That's the one piece of good news that I can look forward to. It's something that I can control. I can control what I put in my mouth. I can control the activity that I do. And that, for that reason, I can look forward to the controllables, right? Versus like all this other stuff. I swipe right on my phone. Or what, what did this person just say? What did this mandate just do? And oh, sure. oh my gosh, my 401k and my stocks, what's going on oh, there? Man, don't even get me started. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Getting a panic attack. Over yeah. Here. No, you're t dude, you're, you're spot. And same for your group too. It's like, I know the, the term band of brothers. Some people just think of the HBO show, but really that is what guys want though. I know for me, cause I, I text you and I've texted you many times with concerns about father and am I being a great dad? It's, it's like, I don't even need you sometimes to give me the advice, right? Mm -hmm. Even though you do, which is awesome. But it's like, I just got heard you know? yep. and I didn't get judged. Right. And you didn't go like, Hey man, yeah, that's great. But are you vaccinated? <laughs> <laughs> I erased like, that text. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, I just had, like, I just th thought about spanking my kid. Like I need help with something else. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. But like it, but that's what men need. And it's not a weakness. It, it's literally how we're designed. Yeah. Right. To have that band of brothers that we can go to in a safe area and just be like, cause I heard something, man, I thought of you actually, right. When I heard it, it was, um, the ultimate sign of respect that a man can pay another man is asking for advice. Ask advice. Yep. It's insane, right? It's an honor. It is. And that, that's, that's actually a huge miss because mm. there are so many men. I mean, think about it. Like if you ask me how I'm doing, Oh man, I'm doing great. You know, doing this, doing that. And I'll be, I'll be honest, man, this past week, I've had a couple challenges that I've had to face. Right. In, sure. in, in, um, it just in my life. And even though I, eat this, I sleep this, walk it, talk it, right? There's still that part of me as just a typical man. It's just like, uh, I don't, I don't want to share that. Mm. Like if I share that, then, you know, maybe it's Josiah going to think I don't have my act together, but you're right that there's no other honor than to be like, Hey man, like things are going pretty good. There's this one area though. And now you and I are both entrepreneurs. I'd be like, there's this one area actually, I'd really like your insight on, mm. you know, like that's going on in my organization or it's going on in my marriage or whatever it is. And I'd really like to have your insight on it. And what I've just done is you're just like, holy shit, man. Like, yeah, dude, like we are wired to fix problems. We are wired to give advice. And here's the other thing too, that differentiates us from men and women is I am not going to talk to you just to vent because I need to be heard. I'm like, okay, man, like, what do you think I need to do now? <laughs> yeah. Like, tell me some advice. Exactly. And then on top of that too, is now you, you know, if I've asked you that you now have permission or you at least feel permission to be like, you know what, now that you've opened up and be, I, I, I need your ear on this thing. Right. Mm -hmm. And then that authenticity is bridged. Right. Yeah. But one man has got to be willing to go first. And that's the hardest part. Man. That is always the hardest part. But I think you create that space for lack of a better term for men to do that. Yeah. Where it's, it's a prompt. Right. Like yep. you're here. So guess what? You got to open up Yep. and, and you don't, you know, this isn't leaving this group, but there's a whole host of resources here that are guys that have probably been there, done that a hundred times over 
Like, I, I think every time I've reached out to you about something, you're like, oh, yeah, dude, I've done that. <laughs> no way, really? <laughs> you whooped your kid's ass? No. I'm That's how dad age got started. Yeah, yeah exactly. Was, it was an ass whooping. Yeah. That's literally how it started. I, your uh, your employee, Ryan, was, was, <laughs> was asking me, he's like, how did dad edge start? And, like, this was hilarious, dude. He's just going to out Ryan your, your employee. Ryan. <laughs> so I was just like, I was like, oh, it's actually a really good story. I was like, I about 10 years ago, I, I, I went to bed and I, I woke up and I, I, the sun was shining and I, I literally had like this epiphany. I was like, my gosh, I, I know all the answers of how to be a good husband and father. Like, I, I can't keep this to myself. And he's like, oh, that's awesome. I was like, I'm totally full of shit, man. Like, you know, and he's like, oh, okay. And I was like, it actually started terrible. He was like, wait, is this guy fucking serious? I, I just I said this guy was cool. What I know. He's on? probably like, I can't believe this guy's speaking at our event for love of God. Like, I might drop this guy off. I'm all this man. <laughs> I woke up and realized I'm Spider-Man. Right. <laughs> Don't tell anyone. <laughs> But yeah, like, uh, you know, it didn't, didn't start pretty, man, mm -hmm. you know, at all. Like, I mean, think of anything that you've probably done as a father. I mean, dude, I, I've done it, you know, yeah. I've, yeah. I mean, like, I'll share this horrible story, man. Oh my God, this is bad. But I'll, I'll share it. <laughs> Buckle up. <laughs> Buckle your seatbelt. Here we go. So I, I would, <laughs> I will never forget this day. This was in 2020. So it was like mm -hmm. feeling the stress of COVID and I was getting ready to interview Luis Ramirez, who's, who is a Navy SEAL, mm. highly decorated Navy SEAL. There's a documentary and then they basically followed buds their entire training. And then Luis was the honor man in that class. Mm. I was getting ready to interview him. And at the time, Mason, who I'm doing the bodybuilding show with, he was kind of going through the, I think COVID really, you know, virtual, he was really stressed oh, yeah, out. Brutal. He was one of those things like when Mason gets bored, he likes to kind of antagonize people. He does it out of love, but sometimes he does it just to kind of poke yeah. the bear. And I could hear him downstairs and I, it, it had been one of those weeks where I had to constantly course correct him and I was just getting to my wits end. Mm. And I kept hearing him pick on my older son, which, you know, physically he's stronger than my older son. And sometimes he'll take advantage of that. So I'd keep sure. that in check. And so I could hear my older son getting really angry, like, dude, get out of my room, like stop messing with me. And I knew what he was doing. So I go downstairs and I get between them. I'm like, what is going on? And I knew who, who the culprit was. And I was like, Mason, I was like, go to your room, which was across the hall. And he's like, I'm not going to my room. And I just kind of like gently just, I was like, come on, man. Like just kind of like yeah. him a little bit and dude, like this has never happened. I hope to God never happens again. He whips like away from like me holding him and punches me in the chest. No way. And I'm like, are you? <laughs> Can I curse? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I was like, are, are you fucking kidding me right <laughs> yeah. now? Like I, and I've got Luis, like I'm just about ready to start the podcast. Right. And, and he gets upset, starts crying and walks away. And I go to con turn around, put, I have my back to him, go to console his brother. And cause he's upset and I turn around and there is a freaking toy dump truck that slams me right in the face. Cause he was walking. He wasn't looking. He didn't mean to do it. He was pissed. He went to throw this toy and he threw it behind him and it freaking nailed me in the face. <laughs> and dude, I have never seen red so much in my life. I've been doing dad edge at this point for five years. He goes in his room, he closes his door, slams it. 
I kicked the door so hard it flew and broke in half off the hinges and into his room, and he freaking screamed. He's like, well, what are you doing? And I got nose to nose with him. I was like, if you ever hit me again, so help me God, your life will end. And I'm like freaking bleeding out of my forehead from this damn toy. And all of a sudden, I hear Jessica upstairs like, what is going on? She walks down the stairs, and like Mason was scared out of his yeah. freaking mind. And I didn't hit him. I didn't hurt him. I just, I did kick his door in. Jessica's walking down the stairs. I passed her on the way up. She goes, what, what is happening? And I was like, I'll buy a new door. And she's like, what, what is going on? And I just like walk upstairs and there's Luis like hey, buddy. on Zoom. And I'm like, I look at him and I'm like, we're going to have to reschedule this. And he's like, okay, is everything okay? And I'm like, no. I was like, we have to reschedule this podcast. He's like, okay. He's like, well, just, you know, let me know when you want to do it. Yeah. I literally stopped that Zoom and I was like, I am the biggest imposter on the planet. Like, how in the world can I even, like, just sit down with this highly decorated Navy SEAL and talk about how we can show up better as fathers when I just kicked down, kicked my 13-year-old's door in? Oh, man. I think at the time he was 12. But it doesn't matter. But, yeah, like, that was an ugly, ugly moment. And that was the first time I had ever hit a rage like that. Sure. Since I started that. And, and just to be clear... You know, I was I never beat my kids, but like dad had started, Mason was four at the time. He stepped out of line. I was just, I was short on patience that day. I spanked him. Sure. And unfortunately I spanked him. He, he hit the ground and I was like, oh my God, what just happened? And, and you know, my childhood, I grew up in a crazy chaotic, abusive home, swore I'd never do that. Helped him up. He was crying. I was crying. I was like, what the hell did I just do? Went to my office. And, like, literally, that's when Dad Edge started. I was like, I got to do something different. And I started, you know, writing and blogging and learning and that kind of thing. And it all came from that moment. But, listen, just because you are, like, a good father, right, mm -hmm. you're going to have what I like to call, you know, you always talk about the 80-20. Yep. 80-20, right? Eat clean 80% of the time, 20% of the time. It's not going to be that way. Well, fatherhood is no different. If anything, I would say probably if you're a good dad, you're probably doing more 60-40. 60-40. Right? Yeah, Sometimes 50-50. I'm lucky. Yeah, 50-50. Right. Yeah. And, oh, you know, and depending on the season you're in, it's like sometimes it feels like 70-30. Like, totally. But 30% like good and 70% you feel like you're a total mess. The, the difference, though, is honestly being aware, right? Mm. So, like, I know now, like, I get triggered just like anybody else. And, like, I know now, I'm like, oh, I feel it. Here yep. it comes. Here it comes. So, I need to interrupt that in some way, shape, or form. I need to be better. And that's just experience. That's skill sets. That's community. That's, that's brotherhood. That's talking through new strategy. Because, listen, if you try to go at this alone, right, mm. try to go at this alone. And I can't remember who I reached out to after that, but I needed somebody. Sure. And I think it was – I think it was – one of my other coaches, I reached out and I was like, I, you're not even believe what just happened. I, I need to talk to somebody. This was bad. And that person brought me back to life. And he's like, and I was emotional. I was triggered. He's like, this is what you need to go do. You need to go downstairs and put your hand, put your arms around your kid. Mm. You need to tell him you love him. You need to be the man who apologizes first, even though he had started the whole thing. He was wrong. Yeah. But you need to show him what ownership is mm. and be that epitome and don't expect an apology and don't ask for one. And I was like, my kid who just punched me in the chest and threw a truck at me. All right. But I did kick his door in. So I did. And I told him, I was like, I'm really sorry. That was, despite everything that happened, that was completely unacceptable. Yeah. I shouldn't have done that. And my hope for you is you never do that to your kid. I was like, I'm, I'm really sorry. And that will never happen again. And he melted and I melted. We hugged. And he's like, I am so sorry too. He's like, 
when I was so angry. And then when you kind of were guiding me out of Ethan's room, I don't know what it was. I just snapped. I just got out of your arms and I hit you. And I, even after I hit you, like, I didn't even know why I hit you. He's like, and I, and to be honest, he's like, I did not mean to hit you with that, with a toy. He's like, I was just throwing it. Cause I was upset. And I was like, I know. I was like, I saw where you were walking. I was mm. like, you had your back to me. And all of a sudden I saw the truck come. I was like, but you know, and, and everything was cool, but you, you have to have that tribe. Dude, I, I, you, the reason I always, when people ask me like, oh, you know, why is Larry so successful? What does he do? You know, I'm just curious. I'm like, well, because he's vulnerable, man. Like you share stuff like that. And instantly there's a level of trust that you don't know it all, but you are hell bound to help with any possible situation or share any possible thing that you've uncovered or share anything you've done wrong. And just, man, it, it, it's, it's amazing. Like, I got to be honest. Like, because I think for all the dads listening out there, you know, I have many stories just like those, man. I mean, oh, some awful ones. I mean, 2022, like, you know, you're in a house, can't, you know, you're stuck with, my in-laws live with us. I think I told you this. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> rough, right? That's what everybody wants. For everybody, yeah. Oh, yeah. gosh, it was, it was terrible. It was like a haunted house in the daytime. It was just, <laughs> it was terrible. And, you know, but I look back and go, man, as much as I was being a little bitch about some things, right, and complaining about things, man, that was fun, you know? Like, there was a lot of fun times, and we were really blessed, too. But, man, I lost my cool, like, numerous times. Yeah. And it was always because the kids were being kids, and it was just a high-stress situation with people and everybody trying to get theirs and do what they need to do, and it, it was tough. But... Being able to reach out to someone and say, hey, man, you know, here's what I did. What do you, what do you think? And I'm thinking you're going to be like, you fucked up, dude. Like, you need to, like, reconsider fatherhood. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Instead, you're like, oh, dude, I did something worse. <laughs> I'm like, this guy. And then, obviously, you give help and you say, here's what to do. And, man, it's honestly, you can't put a price on it, dude. Like, you know, just, just as we look at the impact that fatherhood or even lack thereof has on kids, and you realize the impact you're having just by being in your kids' lives and showing up, even if you're not perfect, you are literally preventing what could be total disaster. Oh, totally. I mean, you see these kids, you know, that are like, and not to go on a tangent about some of the events we've seen around the world, but, you know, you see these these kids who are obviously broken inside, and you hear about their homes and how there's no father, or there's lack of father, or they don't even know who their dad is in some cases. It's no wonder why these kids are out there doing what they're doing, right? And it's like, man, you're at worst, you may not be creating the next Elon Musk or the next Michael <laughs> Jordan or whatever. Great, who cares? You're you're creating a good human who can go out and impact in his own way or her own way, and at the same time, preventing these kids from feeling like they have to do something extreme to get seen. Right. Right. It's incredible work, man. So I I believe, you know, I told my wife this: if I wasn't doing fitness, I'd be doing something with with Larry. Because <laughs> 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 I'm like, fatherhood is the most important thing. Like, yeah. it's way more important. Than, I mean, fitness goes hand in hand with it, but fatherhood is so incredibly valuable, and it's it's being devalued by the day. And it's it's guys like you who really are putting up the good fight and helping men, you know, at un, unbelievable levels, man. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. You know, and. The other thing, too, is I, I want to say one last thing about fatherless homes and a father mm. in the home. You know, Yeah, a fatherless home is 
horrible. I mean, if you look, all you have to do is Google fatherless home statistics. They all come up, right? Yep. The suicide rate, boys who are raised without a father and their statistics on raping someone. Mm. 92% of people who are incarcerated come from a fatherless environment, things like that. Yep. Drugs, alcohol, depression, all kinds of things. I don't know the statistics of a toxic father or even like, let's just call it a mediocre father. And I, I caution, I, I want to be careful with that one because if you're a mediocre dad, right? If you're, and, and you're just sort of there physically, your you're, best thing I could describe it is you're a box checker, mm. right? You're there for dinner. I'm, I'm here for dinner. I, I show up to most of their games. And I put them to bed, right? Mm. And I'm there, I'm there. Well, you know what? That ain't enough. And it, on the flip side, if you're a toxic father, if you've got like your own vices, maybe it's alcohol or drugs or whatever, and you are emotionally just completely absent from their life. I tend to think, I have a theory about that. I tend to think you are actually doing more damage mm. than the fatherless environment because the kid, if you don't have a dad, you're, like I, I remember parts of my childhood where I didn't have a dad. And I'm like, okay, well, I just don't have a dad right now. It's fine. There was a lot of times I, it was actually more of a relief. Mm. Like, God bless. I'm so glad that dude's gone. Holy crap. Like, what a nightmare. So I caution all men out there that if you are in the house, if you are under that roof, man, sharpen those skills of fatherhood. I mean, dude, you need a two-year degree to learn a trade, right? Sure. You need a four-year degree to get a bachelor's degree. You know, you need another two years for a master's and another four for a PhD or doctorate. Yep. And you think about those trades and those things that we learn and all those time, that time, effort, and energy that we invest in our careers and our life. And yet when we're a father, this is the crazy thing, man. When you're a father, it's almost like, oh, don't worry. You, you'll figure it out. Best time of your whole life. And make sure you don't talk about it if you need help because then you're, then you're a weak idiot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you are, we are literally, as fathers, are set up for absolute failure. Mm. I mean, and the last thing I'll say is this. I'll never forget the movie Parenthood. Have you ever seen that movie? Oh, yeah. It's great. Keanu Reeves. He's like, yep. he's like you know. You know you <laughs> Phenomenal <laughs> right. Keanu Reeves impression. Yeah, he's like, you know, <laughs> you need a license to drive a car. You need a license to catch a fish, but don't let any asshole be a father. And that's true. Yeah, that's so true. It is true, yeah. man. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it's... <sighs> When we start to do a deep dive or we do an audit of, you know, especially as men, as where we pay attention, right, yep. and what we invest in, usually one of the last things we invest in is ourselves, yep. right? It's always about, oh, how can I make more money? You know, what class do I need to take? What car do I need to buy? What house do I need to upgrade? Whatever. And meanwhile, you have a family there that really all they want is for you to become the best version of yourself yeah so you can show up for them and i like i said i, I i'm the poster boy for i want I, i'm right there with everyone else i need help being that guy yeah right but it, it, you know hey if we can i mean guys like you and me i came from a, a terribly toxic toxic dad home right he was there most of the time he left when i was you know my early teens but during the time that he was there, it was alcohol abuse the whole time, right? And physical abuse the whole time. And so I got to witness or I got to learn from someone who came with terrible learning experience. So there's probably millions of stories out there like that. And it really just comes down to talking about it and strategizing. It's like, you know, not to compare it to the military, but like, it's not like people just walk in the military and these guys are bad, like Jocko or whatever walks and he just fucking knows everything. Right, right. right. Like, no, these guys strategize together, right? They put their brains together and it's, it's almost like two plus two equals 10 at that yep. point because you have all this knowledge you share together as a group and all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, that one idea changed my whole life because I just didn't think of it. Yep. That's it. Yeah. Right? And, and that's what fathers need to do as, as a community 
Um, because not to mention, I mean, it makes motherhood easier too for the for, yeah. the, for the people, you know, the women in your life because you're showing up. Yep. You know, not just the kids. It's not just their life that gets better. The mom's life gets ten times yep. better too. Your relationship gets better and. Matt's incredible. Dude, it's always good to talk to you, man. Back at you. Dude, this is like our, our uh, how many podcasts have we done now together? You by far are the most repeat guest on my show. Dude, that's, that, that is like, considering I'm, <laughs> I'm in the same league now as I think, are you having Tom Brady on? Uh, well, he said yes. <laughs> so hey, he, that's good enough for me. Yeah, he did say yes, and now you know he's he's obviously you he's know kind of busy. I think he's a little busy right yeah. now. Yeah, but he and his team they did say yes. Uh, well, you you had Matthew McConaughey, which was a great episode I on did. on your show. Yeah, that was awesome. You. That was a bucket list for me to see one of my friends. <laughs> Someone I was like, holy crap, dude! Yeah. Like it was me podcasting. This is awesome. But you've had a laundry list of incredible guests. So even just to be on your show, man, is a is an honor, dude. Well, so thank you. I don't take it lightly. By any means, back at you. Appreciate you, man. So, real quick before we wrap up my show, where can guys get more information about the Dad's Edge and what are, what's the first step to join? Yeah, so just go to kickyoursonsdoordown.com. <laughs> you are not Spiderman.com. <laughs> right. Uh, no, just uh, go go to the Dad Edge, awesome. dadedge.com. Uh, you'll find literally everything there. Um, Instagram, everything is the Dad Edge. So Instagram at the Dad Edge, and then I've got a page on Facebook. You can find me on social. I'm I'm very accessible. Yeah. But yeah. All of our resources podcast. Um, we have a couple new courses out now too, online courses. Awesome. Um, I just inked a publishing deal for a new book. So nice, uh, and, and the book's already done. That's I, awesome. I, yeah, I, I inked the contract. He's like, all right, can I see the draft? Or when are you going to be done with the first draft? I was like, it's done. Here it is. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it's already written. I was like, you know, so epic, man. Yeah. Oh, that's going to be incredible, dude. Sounds like the next coming months here are going to be exciting. When's the when's the new book going to be coming out? Uh, you know, I mean, the first draft is done, so it just depends on how many times me and the okay. editor have to go back and forth on the corrections and the changes. Then we got to design the, yeah. the cover and the launch and all that. I would say, I mean, ideally, could it be May? Maybe. Okay. I would say midsummer. If cool. I'm being real. I guess that's when we're podcasting again. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, back in June. Book tour. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome, man. All right, dude. Well, hey, as always, man, appreciate you coming on the show and uh, make you. sure you guys check out Larry's content. It's second to none in terms of fatherhood and just self improvement and development. So appreciate you, man. Appreciate you. Till the next time. Peace. Thanks for listening to the True Transformation Podcast. Make sure to subscribe and leave us um, a review. A review. Come back next time. <laughs>